I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to the Roll Bama Roll podcast. I'm Wesley Gullett. As always, I'll be joined by Brad Canning. Quickly, before we get started, we did want to let everyone know, going forward, the podcast will be more accessible. Uh, we're still in the process of working out the kinks with the new launch and everything, so bear with us. Last week, we know it was kind of tough to find the podcast after we posted it on a different platform than we're accustomed to. There will be a player in the article on Roll Bama Roll from now on if you don't want to stray from the site, so you'll be able to click the article, click play, You can also subscribe to us in any of the links in the article if that's easier for you. There will be links to Apple, Spotify, Google, basically all platforms. But we will no longer be uploading to SoundCloud. So if you subscribe to us on SoundCloud, look for us on any of those other platforms. Uh, Unfortunately, Brad, we do not get paid on SoundCloud clicks. So yep, uh, yeah. yeah now watch everyone go to SoundCloud just to spite us. <laughs> we do have two guests this week to talk Alabama baseball. Our first guest ran the Rightfield Ragers account, who you can follow on Twitter at Bama Rightfield. You can also follow his popular Twitter at Will underscore Elliot twenty two. He's Will Elliot. Will, thanks for coming on to talk Bama baseball. I appreciate you having me, guys. Excited to do it. Yeah. Hey, Will, it's Brad. Uh, I wanted to lead right in. You know, we know at one point you did run that Bama right field account and it took off like wildfire, man. Uh, It really caught on. And I wanted you to kind of explain to some of us who maybe aren't familiar with the experience out there in Bama right field, uh, how it came together and, and what it's like. You know, we see you guys sometimes after the games interacting in a pretty cool way with the players, too. Yeah, it actually, um, it started It started two years before, let's see, yeah, I graduated high school in 2014, so it started two years before um, I got to Alabama, and it was started by J.B. Costello and a couple other people, and it, they said they just created it and it took off. Now, that was back in the day where there was no really alcohol limits, so you could just show up with a cooler <laughs> full of beer and just go at it there, um, But and that was the first year they had the right field section. I guess people on a Friday night want to drink, so... And everybody likes baseball, seemingly. Um, so they used to have the lines wrapped around to the opposite foul pole. There were so many people trying to get in. And we've actually had some pretty good crowds here lately, despite the team not being as good the past few years. We still have good crowds. And obviously, they redid the stadium, and that that kind of messed us up because we played in Hoover for a year. But it, it's a really, really good time. People bring their dogs. And um, obviously, like I said, you can you can bring six 16-ounce beers, which translate to eight regular beers, which is about <laughs> a beer in inning. So that's I mean that's that's a pretty good amount of alcohol. It's, it's the perfect thing to do if you're going out to the bar later that night. So that's a really good time, and I think we'll have some really good crowds once uh, SEC play kicks in. It's been tough with these three o'clock starts, but even though we've still had some pretty good crowds, despite the weather and the early starts, so it's a good time, and I'm excited to see that the uh, the account's still doing well for sure. Uh, conference play does begin on the 15th with a trip to Ole Miss. There are 11 SEC teams that are currently ranked in the top 25 in the nation. Is Alabama maybe a series win at Ole Miss away from making it 12 teams in the top 25? Yeah, I, I know Baseball America had us ranked uh, 26. You know, I, I'm not really into the whole – everybody's like, why are they not ranked? You know, <laughs> blah, you know our, our schedule hasn't been very hard, which I think is great. I was like, we need to win as many games as we can uh, just because the SEC is so freaking brutal. Um, but, you know, with this team this year, I think it'll be a um, – I think they'll be the team that you don't want to play. I kind of said we're like Mississippi State football. 
like you always just play people tough and you're always really competitive. But with our starting rotation, I think we can uh, – uh, we we should have a chance to take two out of three and uh, reasonably put ourselves in a position to take two or three every single weekend, which is, I mean, that's all you could really ask for, especially you need to win two yeah. and one or three on the road. I think we need to get it off to a hot start on the uh, conference play because, like I said, it is it is absolutely brutal. <laughs> but we'll see how this weekend goes. I'm excited to see some better competition against our guys. But, I mean, 16-2 and two isn't easy. I don't care who you're playing. So I'm excited for it. Yeah, it's it's a hell of a start. You know, I'm all on uh, Team uh, Bomaha here. So uh, when we look uh, at last year's team, and they were 15 and three before conference play. They started conference play one and seven, finished you know eight and 22. Uh, this year's team, similar situation in terms of record going into conference play. But what is those differences between last year's team and this year's team? Now that we're about to kick off the SEC play. Yeah, I think they just, and it sounds weird that I've been saying this to people, but they just look better. Like you would see Alabama's team show up, and this isn't, you know, a disrespect to anybody, but in the past few years, we just had some players that didn't look like SEC ball players, and now we do. There isn't that gaping hole in the lineup that we've been accustomed to, and we don't have those guys that are either strike out or home run. Uh, I think everybody hits with pretty good contact, which is, I mean, you got to have base runners to score. You're not going to hit a home run every single time. And that's what, and we're getting on base just a ton more. Um, we're having some trouble leaving people on base. That's going to come back to bite us, and that's going to lose some games probably. But given the circumstances, I think we've overachieved. But, yeah, like I said, there's just no just gaping hole in the lineup. Uh, I don't I don't lose confidence with towards the end of the lineup as I have in years past, and the pitching's been outstanding. I think the pitcher's been better than we expected. And uh, I think Bohan bringing in these Juco guys so early was genius just to get winning right away. You know, I, I'm excited about it. I think we can hang with them, especially being year two. Starting off this hot is pretty pretty good. Uh, you said there's no gaping hole, but if there was like, one thing that you could point to that maybe worries you going into conference play, what would it be? Um, it would be that we're about to face teams that one through nine are hitting about 350 a person, <laughs> and there's no drop-off <laughs> at all. I'm absolutely terrified. It's just because SEC is just so freaking good. Uh, like I said, the, leaving people on base, we're leaving a lot of people on base. There were games that we could have won a lot of. And we also could have been, you know, 18-0. I mean, we were pretty close to winning those two games that we lost. But like I said, it, you can't leave people on base. You don't have as many opportunities. You know, we left a bunch of people on base in some of these bad games and go on to win by six runs just because the, the pitching isn't as good. You know, you get their starter out and then they have a weak bullpen. You know, the SEC, you got to start off against a, probably a first-round draft pick every weekend. I, would, I think that's reasonably saying. So you you got to get the runs in. Um, and the pitching, the only problem is, is that it's great for our confidence, but there's only one way to go is down just because everything's been so good so far. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. But I think our guys are tough and they can handle it. I know they have a really close group, but they like playing together. So that's good. Team chemistry is definitely good. And I think they feel confident. They don't, you know, a lot of people were doubting, and I don't think anyone saw this start coming at all. Uh, game on the line, you can put anyone on Alabama's roster at the plate. Is the answer simply Colby Robinson, who's batting four twenty six, or is there anyone behind him hitting well enough to maybe give you pause in that answer? 
I would take Robinson just because he gets – I mean, he's he's only struck out like once. I mean, he's just solid, man. I liked him. I actually – you know, Bohannon moved him up, and I kind of liked him in the nine hole just so you have two leadoff hitters. But, I mean, my gosh, the dude's played so good. He's only struck out once. He um, hasn't made any errors that I know of. I wasn't able to keep up with the games quite as well this weekend. But the dude's just been unbelievable. I know he played at Wallace State. That's a really good program. And my little brother's actually going to play there, so I have some uh, – Definitely have some respect for Wallace State, and he's done amazing. I can't say enough, but yeah, I would definitely choose him. And Keith's been killing it too. Keith Holcomb, he had a year off of football, and you know he's killing the ball now. So I, I would say them too, but probably I'd go with Colby. Finally, Will, I wouldn't be a good friend if I didn't uh, let a shameless plug happen here. Uh, you know, we have a lot of listeners within the state of Alabama, especially in Tuscaloosa area. So I uh, wanted to take a moment and let you uh, kind of talk about your band that you're a part of. You are the uh, bassist and you help write songs and you are on Spotify and I've checked your music out. And I got to say, it's uh, it's really reassuring to see country still out there. So I wanted to give you a chance to kind of tell the listeners about your band and, you know, kind of the music you bring and where you typically play at to maybe where they can come check you out. I appreciate it, man. I I respect a good plug. I don't, I'm not going to complain about it. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. We've got, I'm an old South fan. We're a bunch of guys. uh, Four of us are, well, three of us are from Tuscaloosa. Three of them are from Tuscaloosa. Um, Two are from Birmingham and our drummer's from Atlanta, Uh, but we're all college buddies. We play country music. We play pretty much, any bar in Tuscaloosa we, we played at. Next month is our big month. We're playing at uh, UNA, uh, Louisiana Lafayette, Mississippi State, and Auburn. Um, I got to go to oh. Auburn, which I swore I'd never do. I swore <laughs> I'd never go back. I was like, I, we went, I went there one time. We killed them in the Ironball. I said, I'm never going back. But, you know, I can't <laughs> I can't argue with the page. They have to pay me. So the all yeah, there you go. have to pay me. So that's. I find that absolutely hilarious. But yeah, definitely come check us out. And uh, yeah, we, um, the music, we are on Spotify. It's actually pretty country. I like to think it's pretty country because if it wasn't, I wouldn't release it. And yeah, yeah, check us out on Spotify. We have people surprising us. They're like, dang, that's y'all. So I guess we are pretty good uh, in that <laughs> regard. But uh, definitely, if y'all are in Tuscaloosa, I'm sure this fall we'll be playing a ton of game day. So just follow me on Twitter and all that good stuff if you want to. Um, and I'm sure you'll see all the band stuff as well. All right. Follow him on Twitter at Will underscore Elliot 22. Will, thanks for coming in, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, guys. Roll Tide. All right. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. All right. Thanks to Will for coming in. Before we come back with our second guest, Roger Myers, we're going to pause for a commercial break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 
Welcome back to the Roll Bama Roll podcast. Our next guest is Roll Bama Roll baseball contributor. He's well known within the baseball program. He has the best tailgate in Tuscaloosa, and you can follow him on Twitter at Roger Pat Myers. He's Roger Myers. Roger, thanks for coming on, man. Oh, I appreciate you guys having me. I'm glad to do it. All right, Alabama has a 12-game win streak before conference play. They've only given up a combined 23 total runs during this win streak. Uh, eight players batting over 300. They have two more guys at 296 and 286. 16 guys have pitched this season. 14 of them have an ERA of three or below. Is there any possible way this is sustainable going into conference play? Oh, well, to be totally blunt, no, it's not sustainable. <laughs> but they def- they definitely are on the rise. I mean, SEC just brutal. All 10 teams that, that Alabama has on the SEC schedule are ranked in the top, top 25 and most of them very high. There's no way to, to keep the same level that they have now, but they're going to be competitive in every game because they do pitch well and they defend well. They may not may not have quite enough power, enough power bats to um, score a lot of runs in the SEC. They're not going to get help uh, like they did this past Sunday when um, when they got walked 12 times and got had four hit batters against Northern Kentucky. I mean, they had 16 free base runners right there. They had six hits and won the game easily with a lot of help from the opposition. So once you get into to conference play, that kind of stuff stops. Uh, you know, good to build a confidence and uh, a lot of um, depth in the early season. Fantastic start. I mean, 16 and two, 12 straight wins. Um, like you said, the team ERA is 1.94, hitting 296 as a team. Uh, you know, just a lot of positives. And, and Brad Bohannon has just two short years has has really done a remarkable job. You know, admittedly the this preseason schedule was not challenging, but they went out and won the games they were supposed to win, which in the past has been a problem. Winning midweek games it cost Mitch Gaspard a couple of regionals in in a lot of people's minds, you know, losing to teams on Tuesdays and Wednesdays that they, they should easily beat. So winning these games that you're supposed to is a big deal. But the the biggest stat that jumps out to me about the pitching is they have a four to one strikeout to walk ratio. <laughs> I mean, they've struck out, the pitchers have struck out 172 batters and only walked 44, which is just phenomenal. And you're talking about the ER. There's, I'm looking here, there's probably eight guys that have a, a whip, walks, and hits per innings pitched less than one. Combined hits and walks being less than the innings they've pitched. So <laughs> they can do that, continue to throw strikes and continue to fill the ball at a high level. You know, they're going to be in every game. I mean, it's just be a matter of a few timely hits here and there and then push some runs across when they when they're getting out. Hey, Roger, it's Brad. How you doing, buddy? I'm fine, Brad. How are you guys? Hey, we're good, man. So, look, we asked Will earlier when we were talking with him, and I wanted to get your perspective. When we look at last year's team, you know, we've already started talking about conference play. So, going into conference play last year, you know, we know they had a, a really good record like this year, but it kind of fell apart and the wheels fell off as conference play, you know, started and then continued. What is the difference right. between last year's team and this year's team when we're looking now in this same position? The depth of the pitching staff for one, the amount of strikes they're throwing, and the the defense. They're down as in the top two or three in the league in defense right now, and I think they finished at the very bottom in the league last year in defense. So that's better. 
the pitching definitely better, way deeper. Um, Brad has said that he he hasn't had a staff with this length at any of his any of his time in 16 years in the in the SEC. That's not saying they're all would be pitching at LSU or Florida necessarily, but he's got so many options up and down the roster. Whereas he's told me several times last year if uh, Finnerty or Jake ever got sick or hurt. Then they were dead because that was those those two starters were pretty much all he had to choose from uh, as far as consistency and knowing what he was going to get. He knew he knew every game out there they were they were going to have a chance to win and they 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 didn't win that many but they they were in every game. Finnerty and Jake Walters both would go a good quality six or seven innings every start and. They may lead lead the game behind one to nothing or ahead two to one, and unfortunately didn't win many of those games because the back end of the the staff let him down. But with the um, grad transfer Jeremy Randolph coming in, take the closer role, and the development of Davis Vayner and Chase Lee, and I mean Casey Cobb and Juco kid Deacon Matters. I mean it's just they're just so much deeper up and down the up and down the um, pitching staff. So it's going to help them uh, with the schedule they have in the, in the SEC. It's going to be tough to to win 12 or 15 games, but they have, they're going to have a chance to. And if they went 15 and 15 with the league schedule they have, they would definitely be a regional team. Could, could but make it at, you know, I mean, they could be 12 and 18 and make a regional. So we're hoping it'll be better than that, but realistically looking at who they're playing, it's just, you know, things are going to have to fall right. One thing they need right now is to get Sam Prater back, the, the catcher. He's played the first six games and hasn't played since. He's, he's got an arm issue, and he's the, you know, he began the year as a cleanup hitter and hit two home runs in the first three games and plays fantastic defense, calls the game great throws you know a great thrower and Brett Arbach's filling in for him admirably but the problem is Arbach's the starting third baseman but he's the backup catcher so he's had to catch every game that's putting John Trousdale and Kobe Morris at third base kind of in a platoon role it basically weakens the team at two positions Brett's superior at third and sounds superior at catcher and then the the big bat of sound too because that's going to hurt not having that that extra big bat between Holcomb and uh, Tyler Gentry to, to drive runs in. It, we've been told for weeks now he's day-to-day, and <laughs> including by, from Sam and from Coach Bohannon and the staff that um, just any day. But Coach Bohannon said he when he gets him back, he wants him back for good. So he doesn't want to bring him back, aggravate it, and then miss another two or three or four weeks or the seasons. They're being very, very cautious Um Worst thing is he's gone three weeks without playing, and now SEC's playing. Play his start is starting, and he you know hasn't had any reps, any live reps. So that's going to be a, a transition period when he does get back to get him back into game shape. But Arbach's doing a great job behind the plate. It's just you know it just hurts not having Prater because arguably he's the he's the best best player on the team. So they definitely need to get him get him back healthy. Uh, you mentioned earlier that this isn't a team with a lot of power hitting. Only 12 total home runs so far. Uh, Gentry leads the team with four. Holcomb and Prater have two each. They're the only other players with more than one. Is this lineup good enough, you think, to get through their schedule or just kind of wade through it without a lot of major deep deep ball threats? Yeah, yeah. If I mean, they have a lot of a lot of gout guys. I mean, they've got thirty eight doubles, so that's not you know that that that's showing some power. Uh, Joe Brown up at the top got eight doubles and leading the way, and he'll probably he's hit one home run. He'll probably hit four or five. Um, I expect McCullough, Morgan McCullough, the second baseman, to hit 
four or five, and I expect um, Arbach to, to hit a few, and he hasn't hit any yet. Um, Justin King, when he's playing, he shows a lot of pop. He's he's kind of in and out of the lineup uh, a little bit. Trousdale can hit, hit hit a long ball, but Prater Prater would be the the biggest um, the biggest threat in that regard, um, along with Gentry. Uh, Gentry's a sophomore junior college transfer, and he had 18 his freshman year at Walter State in junior college. So he's got big time power, and Holcomb has become more of a power guy than um, despite his size and looking at him his first couple of three years in the program, he was basically a slap and bunt hitter, you know, left-handed hitter that slapped the ball through, was through the uh, shortstop hole or hit it in the shortstop and beat it out or bunt and beat it out. But he's, he's pulling the ball with authority this year. He's got some doubles and triple and a couple of home runs. So he's, he's hitting with authority now. So if he can continue that, that will help, help tremendously. Um, Young guys like Drew Williamson, his big, big first baseman, like six six. He hasn't shown any power yet. He's he's only got, he's hitting three hundred, but he's only got one extra base hit, one double. So that's going to develop over time. Whether it, you know in the SEC, your freshman year is probably not the best time to try to develop that. <laughs> Just have to to wade through it with what they have. But they have a lot of a lot of gritty players that play the game the right way, play hard, and enjoy playing and, and try to get better every day. So. There's, they're going to have a chance. They're, they're not going to hit a ton of home runs, unfortunately. But, when, look, um, when, I, when I was looking up – sorry, Brad. When I was looking up home run numbers earlier, I know this is a little bit off topic, New Mexico State has the top two guys in the nation, and they each have yeah. 11 home runs. That's absurd. Right. They they came in here and played uh, last year, I think. or We've played them recently, and, and they they were not that good. But their, their part must be – incredibly small they they have i mean that's not an unusual stat for them to do that oh guy at tennessee tech last week hit seven home runs in the week (laughs) uh, in four games (laughs) i mean yeah there's it's definitely up from uh, where it was when they first changed the bats uh about close to 10 years ago now when teams went hitting for, went from hitting 130 to 150 home runs to hitting like 20 as a team so they've got it they they changed the bat a little bit and pre, increased them a little bit from where they had had uh, moved them to and then three years ago they went to using the minor league baseball with the seams raised a little bit more and that's helped so now you know alabama's been hitting around 40 a year now which is you know it's better than when they were hitting 20 but it's not it's not going to get you in the top of the league stats. I mean, you know, teams are hitting 50, 60, some are maybe even 65 to 70 at times. But it's, it's the days of the gorilla ball of um, when Alabama had four guys at 20 or more in one season. That, those days are long, long gone. So, Roger, you mentioned Sam Prater. So uh, he may be the answer to this question I have for you. But when we look at this team, you know, foreshadowing for the rest of the season, who is the key player, regardless of position, whether it's, you know, batting or pitching, who is your key player that is crucial for a good run through the rest of this season? Well, if I, if I go with one, I would say Prater just because of the, like I say, it affects two positions by him not being, being able to, um, well, three really, because the DH kind of feels rolls into that as well. But the, it weakens on the catcher in at third base with, with Prater not playing. But the unsung hero and the, the guy that's really made a huge difference is the shortstop's Colby Robinson, a junior college kid from Coleman that they really just, they recruited him for his glove and didn't really 
think he was necessarily going to win the shortstop job. And then he came out and he makes every play. He's made one error. He made an error the other night for the first time. On top of that, up until last week, he was leading SEC in hitting. He's still hitting over 420 and hitting out of the nine hole. But he's just steadied the infield so much. He's just like that, that really hurt infield. The defense, particularly at shortstop last year, shortstop and first base really hurt the team. Um, the, I think they made 18, 20 errors at shortstop last year. And um, Kobe just makes all the routine plays. And if they can continue to do that, it's going to help the pitching staff out because they got a lot of guys that throw throw ground balls, and he's making the plays. And then McCullough at second, and Williams and at first have fielded the ball really well too. Like I say, our back being at third makes that a really solid unit. But I mean, that's a long way around what you what you asked. But um, I think that um, Prater is definitely the key. If, if Oakham can can continue. He started off really, really hot last year and then fell off for the majority of the SEC season and picked it back up late. If he can continue and stay consistent, it'll be a big a big help to have have a big guy like that that, that um, can drive runs in. But Prater needs to be there to help him. With, with Prater and Gentry and, and Holcomb in the middle, they have a chance to score some runs. All right, you can follow him on Twitter at Roger Pat Myers. Roger, thanks so much for coming on, man. Yeah, thanks, buddy. See you any day soon. All right. (laughs) Yeah, we'll be seeing you soon. All right, thank you. All right. All right, thank you to Will Elliott and Roger Myers for joining us on this baseball-centric podcast. We thank them for carrying us, Brad. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this should be everyone's favorite episode because uh, I think I had a total of three minutes in this. (laughs) All right. This has been the Roll Bama Roll Podcast. Roll Tide.